0: How has the site evolved? I guess from like what you thought it was going to be to what it's developed into now. Um, I'm sure it's uh, somewhat similar, but I'm sure there's been some some nice surprises along the way that you're like, oh, that's kind of a cool feature we can add in.
1: Yeah, I would say the the biggest kind of uh, theme of the changes has been taking it from more one dimensional, where you just go and like kind of look at things, to being a little bit more two D or three D, where you can interact and. Um, the people going on the site can access more things themselves. So the first um, uh, kind of stage of that was the player dashboard, which um, was built so that people can filter and sort and kind of slice and dice on whatever set of criteria they want. I mean, we have the basic and the advanced stats and all the contract information um, in our database. So instead of uh, you know having to export it and play with it all in Excel, like let's have it so that the people can go and use the player dashboard and um, get the various lists of people th- themselves. So the, that was added shortly after the launch and we've kind of kept um, updating it and making better versions of it um, based on good feedback. And then the next part was um, really taking that to the next level with our MyPuckpedia GM mode. Um, and that really started from uh, often media people would reach out and asking, you know, what would it look like if the team signed these players or what would it look like if they made this trade, you know, for both their, their cap situation or another team's cap situation um, or like what, what would be a good fit for some players. So I would help the media people with, with some articles um, and I had a sort of offline version of the site uh, for staging and testing like most websites have. And so I would kind of model these transactions out um, on my own kind of Private version of the site. Um, and then I thought, well, you know, it's, it's cool that I get to do it, but I think everybody would like to have their own version of a salary cap site where they can make whatever trades, signings, um, calls that they want. And that led to the MyPuckpedia GM mode. So there's a button at the top uh, right of the page um, for it. And if you click on it and uh, set up an account, you can go in and uh, basically it's just just as I described, it's your own personal, personal sandbox salary cap site. And you start with the current live site, and then you you can go and make transactions, and not just the you know one trade or one team, but you could see how it affects every team or or any any team that you want to look at, um, and uh, build out your roster or a bunch of teams, and uh, you can share it and, and take snapshots, um, and then when you are kind of bored of that and you're ready to pull in the live information, you just hit the sync button, and it will kind of wipe out everything you did and and bring the up to date live stuff from the real site. So. That, I think, was the biggest, most exciting change was to have it way more interactive and um, allow people not just to go look at kind of the real Puckpedia with real NHL information, but to also put their uh, GM hat on and have their own personal version. And going forward, I think that's an area where we'll really focus on building out more and having more features and and, uh, ways of utilizing um, that functionality.
0: Uh, that's so cool, and I I want to explore that uh, as we go because that really allows you to say, you know, like not every trade is agreed upon that is proposed, <laughs> but sure you can say if this trade went through, uh, kind of play the butterfly effect almost of uh, exactly. of what would happen. You know what I love also about uh, going back to the the color coded. Uh, aspect is that you separate a player's draft year from the rest of his stats I mean the amount of times when I was doing show prep and I'm looking for information on a guy to be able to know that in his draft year you know maybe this is why this guy was such a high highly touted draft uh, uh, prospect because he shot up or maybe this is why a guy dropped because his you know it's just amazing to see you know I'm looking at Mitch Marner uh, and and you've got his uh, draft year at the Holinka Gretzky with London uh, at the U eighteen development camp, uh, the OHL All Stars. I mean, you know, there's a there's a lot of information all in one spot, and it's a great way to make it a one stop shop. Uh, being able to separate it like that instead of having to flip back and forth all the time.
1: Yeah, again, uh, the one stop shop for having it all on one site, and then even within that, try to have everything on one page. That's really been kind of the guiding. Uh, um, idea for the fight.
0: One thing I, I forgot to ask you about in the player section, and that's the entry level slide tracker, which can sometimes be difficult to figure out for, for, uh, for fans and stuff out there. So can you run through that?
1: Yeah. So that is uh, certainly um, useful to understanding why teams make decisions with players and then just also mm-hmm. what their future uh, cap it might look like. Um, So if you go on that page, uh, you know, really, I'd say the most critical part is just at the very top. It explains the rules for slides. Um, And it's basically if a player is on an entry-level deal um, and they're 18 or 19 as of September 5th, then that contract can slide if they don't play uh, 10 NHL games that season. Um, That's really the kind of the core of it. And then there's the one exception, which actually um, is pretty useful for Evan Bouchard, which is a player that finds an entry-level deal at 19 um, and then turns 20 before December 31st, uh, that is not flight eligible. And uh, based on um, his birthday and everything, he kind of just met the, uh, the criteria. So that's one of the reasons I think we didn't see Evan Bouchard in the NHL this year is uh, he's able to play in the minors um, in the AHL because uh, those are different rules. But he's, he's old enough to play in the AHL. Um, But if he doesn't play in the NHL, if he doesn't play 10 games in the NHL, that contract will slide. So I think they were very, uh, you know, they're obviously worried about his development and want to make sure he's going to be ready for full time action and get a lot of minutes in the minors. But I think certainly on the on the side, they're also considering um, that if they don't play him the 10 games, he'll be able to slide this season.
0: And that's such an interesting and, uh, you know, sometimes a rule that people don't know about, like you look, you're, you're always talking at the start of the year about that nine game limit, right? Yeah. Is he going to play his nine games? Look, like Leon Dreisaitl went past that and then ended up, uh, you know, getting sent down at some point, Kirby Doc, you know, this year was, was, of yep. uh, being watched of the Saskatoon Blades and he blew past that. And I think he played like 60 games or something like that with, uh. Uh, you know, listen, you're you're not worrying about it with, uh, you know, a Connor McDavid or Taylor Hall or, um, you know, some of these guys, Um, but there are players that you're watching about this and this, I love how you have... Uh, The games remaining on uh, on some of these players, you know, and this is obviously a little bit more critical at the beginning of the season, you know, when you get down to uh, May and or sorry, uh, uh, March and things like that. If you're still there, you're still there. But it's really critical for the beginning of this. I I imagine that gets a lot of use uh, in uh, October or September, October, November.
1: Yeah, definitely. And then, um, you know, I get a lot of use out of it when I start seeing, okay, who do I think is not going to play NHL games this year? And I start buying their contracts on the site as well. So I'm, I'm a, I'm a frequent user of that page. It helps me um, kind of process the slides on the website.
0: Oh, that's beautiful. Oh, uh, we're speaking with Hart Levine, the man behind puckpedia.com here on sports and more, the podcast. Um, as we alluded to, there's quite an extensive agent, Section on the website. First of all, what made you want to add this? And was this maybe one of the trickier things because you had to track all this information down yourself?
1: Yeah, definitely um, trickier um, and harder to kind of get updated and keep updated, but probably the most rewarding part of the site because it is the only place um, that I believe has this information. And I get a lot of great feedback from. Uh, media people and team personnel and, and agents, especially, um, how often they, they use that section. So, um, yeah, I think what led to it was, um, I, you know, as as I think a lot of people play in, you know, NHL on PlayStation and, and making trades all the time, um, you know, you realize it's not quite that easy. Um, or trying to find players, you realize it's not quite that easy. Um, and you know, it just, I. I, I really was interested in the business side and, and July 1st, you hear all these contracts and then, you know, you'd, you'd read in the paper about how the same agent represented some players, uh, multiple players that were involved. You know, for me personally, growing up as an Oilers fan, some key uh, storylines that involved agents. One was the, uh, my Comrie, uh, you know, trade demand and um, repaying the signing bonus and everything instead of getting Corey Perry. And you know, mm-hmm. what, what impact would that? I, I remember at the time thinking, well, what impact, would that make did does that agent represent other players on the Oilers or other players the Oilers might want? Because that doesn't seem like a good relationship um, now. And the other one was on uh Neilander when he sort of signed and not signed right. with the Oilers and uh in Washington. And you know, what what did that mean for the relationship? So that just kind of from a uh earlier on stage, uh, I think that kind of planted the seeds of of realizing that there are real dynamics in place and what what could that mean for the for your team? And I started thinking. Yeah, we initially thought it would be really interesting to know, you know, on a team, um, what agents represent those players or for free agents and seeing those connections. Mm -hmm. And then once I started kind of gathering or trying to gather the data, I realized, well, if I, if I know what agents represent these players, I can sort of rank them and, and have a leaderboard for that and see who the top agents are because again, when you just read an article, you know, you'd hear top agents, so-and-so. Well, how many top agents are there? Is is that top top one, top three, top 57, right? Um, And that that led to me gathering it. And, um, you know, really the the leaderboard is what helped, um, I would say, accelerate getting the information, because once I started ranking the agents, then they were much quicker to get back to me or even reach out, letting me know who I was missing and or, or changing um, You know, for their new clients, getting it on their page so they would get credit for having uh, as, as many contracts as they do.
0: And I love how you can separate it between the agent leaderboard and the agency Uh, leaderboard and, you know, find out how many clients Octagon has or, or CAA or, or what it might be. So I I like how you have, you can separate it, you know, active contracts, the a current AAV, the largest AAV, there's lots of different ways, uh, to look at, uh, Agent leaderboards, much like you can search an NHL team and err an NHL the league and say who leads the league in goals, who leads the league in assists. There's different way to to rake or rank uh, agencies rather. Um, and 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 you mentioned that you know you're, you're starting to be in contact. Are you in Are you in contact quite a bit with agents and and GMs, or is it just agents? Or you know what's the what's the contact level like for you since uh, since you've got into this?
1: Yeah, definitely have a. a- quite a good network now of agents. Um, and then, um, with teams, um, you know, different members of the offices, um, you know, generally it's like an analytics person or, um, someone in hockey operations, but, um, yeah, it's been good. Um, you know, again, a lot of it starts with, uh, from an agent standpoint, you know, I'm looking for some information or they want to make sure that I'm giving them credit and then it kind of builds from there. Um, and on, and then the feedback though, that I'm getting from, from team personnel and agents is, you know, which is very rewarding is that they like to use the site, um, to just kind of manage their day-to-day, uh, hockey information needs. Um, you know, obviously they have a lot of the information through their, um, NHL and NHLPA, um, databases, but I'm hearing from them that, you know, the way that it's organized and presented and, and to navigate, they prefer to use the site, um, that You know, it's super, super rewarding and, and feels good. And um, yeah, it's been, uh, you know, really kind of fun part of building the site and is building those connections, hearing some of the stories and getting to know some of the, the great people in hockey.